Hey, welcome. This is a special edition of Ears Up In-Depth, the only show where Jeremy and I talk news and we go in-depth. And I can say that with utmost certainty because uh, I would know if I was on another show that uh, did this. Hey, Jeremy, how you doing, man? I am great. And can I say that that music is like the Rembrandt of uh, audio? <laughs> well, you are a big Yanni fan, so I feel like you do know what good music is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm taking that as a compliment. I don't think it was meant that way. No, but of I'm course it was. Way. Why not, man? I would never, yeah. I would never distress my Greek brother, Yanni. Sure. You know, That's right. I mean? This is the D23 Roundup edition of Ears Up In Depth. Jeremy had a great idea to sit down and talk about our favorite aspects of D23. And in case you didn't know, for whatever reason, D23 was this past weekend in Anaheim. It's uh, twice, no, it's every other year, I forget, biannually, I guess, whatever it is, I don't know, um, event that Disney puts on. And now, of course, with the acquisition of Fox. Simpsons had a presence there. Uh, National Geographic was there for the first time. So it's starting to be this kind of weird Comic-Con almost, but with a primary focus on Disney news for all the Disney parks and, and all this kind of stuff. And there was a ton of information. I think it's two days or is it three days, Jeremy? Do you know? It was three. It was Friday through Sunday this weekend. Three days of panels with uh, creators and directors and actors and, and people behind the scenes and all of this kind of stuff, plus uh, new announcements for rides, a lot of concept art dropped, and we all know how concept art works. If you, if you paid attention to the concept art and the promises that were, that were given to us for Star Wars Land, and then you went there and you realized the disconnect there... Keep everything that you hear with a grain of salt as far as concept art goes because it definitely it definitely changes. And I think it's it's really weird when people try to manufacture what they think is going to happen based on concept art. It never really goes well. But it's kind of fun to guess. It's kind of fun to say, okay, what are they trying to do here? Because like, they put it all there for a reason, but sure. you just can't hang your hat on it. I mean if you look at Herb Ryman's original drawing you know, of Disneyland – it's completely different, you know? It's Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But we love it. We love it anyway. So what Jeremy and I are going to do is, um, you know, like I said, just I have six things actually to just mention, but two to really go in depth into and, and, and you know, kind of describe a little bit more. And I know, Jeremy, how many do you have, do you think? I've got a couple that uh, are just things I want to kind of lightly mention that I'm excited yeah. about. Yeah. And then I've got two we're going to dig into a little bit more. Awesome. Well, let me just go first because I'm on a roll here. Call me Butter. Because <laughs> I'm on a roll. Mm -hmm. put, uh, <clears throat> okay. One of the exciting things, if you are a Walt Disney World visitor anyway, is a new app called Disney Genie. And it's uh, a digital planning service only for Walt Disney World, which I sort of get because Disneyland you know, we have two parks, and Disney at Disney World, you guys have like 130 or something like that. You have a lot of stuff that you can do, and you have to walk to it or take a bus or take a monorail. There's travel time involved. For us over here on the Best Coast, man, you just walk across the Esplanade, and there you are. You're in 1930s Los Angeles <laughs> or whatever it's supposed to be. But I thought, I don't know. I, I understand the Disney Genie aspect. I understand why they did it. I don't know. To me, it feels really weird. So basically what you do is before you get on your trip, you tell the app what you want to focus on. 
So if you want to like meet princesses or go, you know, hit up Epcot World Showcase or something like that, um, the genie, the Disney genie will, uh, they say, quickly evaluate millions of options to create the perfect day, which can't be millions of options. Come on now. And it will give you an itinerary. So you can let the parks plan for you the best places to go and the, and how long it takes to get there. Sort of plan your day around that. If you don't want to do the things, if you let's say if it wants you to go do a stage show and you're like, I don't really want to do that, you can swipe it off of your timeline and it will fill in the blank for you to give you something else to do. Well, I guess that's a pretty great idea because this is what we all sit here around to do, right? Is we try to like, you know, people email me and they're like, well, what do I do and how do I get that? You know, we, right. we all become these like amateur trip planners for our friends. Yes. And it sounds like this is kind of an intelligent way to kind of bulk out your time and get you where you need to be fastest. Because you do, like you said, it takes for it, – it's not just a matter of, oh, we're bored over here. Let's hop over to Disneyland. <laughs> right. Because, um, of course, you'd be bored at CCA. But um, you <laughs> – I actually love DCA, but um, yeah. you have to plan. You know, you they say in Disney World that you should give yourself a minimum of ninety minutes to get from one park to the next to make sure you're there in time. You know what? Something. And I will say, based on my experience for five days, that's about right. I mean, we traveled. It depends because it depends on where you are, and what park you're at. The buses you have to wait for buses. The monorail. I thought I didn't. Uh, uh, what am I trying to say? I didn't plan, I guess, for going anywhere, for, for travel time, because I stupidly assumed that the monorail connected every park, and it doesn't do mm. that. So depending on where you are, and I forget the, the actual thing of where we were, but we had to take the monorail out of our park to another park, then take a bus to one of the resorts, right, and then wait for a bus to take us to Epcot. So it took right. an hour and a half. Yeah. And we're like, what are we doing, dude? We're paid for this experience. And it, so it was really bad. So with something like this, I think that would be uh, you know, very cool to do, especially if it's your first time or second time at Disney World. Download the the Disney Genie. I think that seems uh that seems pretty cool, actually. I'm, I'm, I think that's neat. I can't see it in Disneyland. Like I said, I don't think it's very needed very much, but whatever. Is uh, it going to be – do you think it will be integrated with the regular My Magic Plus where it has your Fast Pass reservations and dinner reservations and all that? Like is it going to know? I think so. Uh, okay. they're, they're saying uh, Disney Genie can also send tips and updates in real time, including recommendations for experiences, help with navigating the parks and more, and even make reservations for you that require multiple steps. I don't know necessarily what that means where you have to, like, call and – I mean – how many steps do you need to make a reservation? Hey, I'd like a <laughs> reservation here. Cool, you got it. Or no, go away, we're full. Yeah, but who wants to talk to somebody? Not me. One thing that they announced leading up to D23 was a big secret announcement that they were going to release on Saturday. And that had the internet going absolutely bonkers, right? From uh, Some people thought that they were going to announce a new park in India. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and just wild speculation. Wild speculation. But for some reason, they sort of blew their own announcement and then announced it like Thursday before D23 started. And the big secret is they're doing a documentary on being a cast member. <laughs> I mean. And the documentary comes with – it'll, it'll have a coffee table book that you can buy. Um, that's the secret. That is the the big special secret announcement 
that they were working on. And I don't know about anybody else, but that is not a secret. That should not be classified or filed under the secrets <laughs> in the secrets folder. That's just a thing. I mean, what what's different about the, about the the cast member behind the scenes documentary versus um, you know the new parade at Disneyland or something or something from Star Wars Land or whatever? Right? Why why is this the big secret announcement? It just seems very boring. I wonder if anybody in the panel just got up and left. <laughs> find something else to do. Well, I don't understand. Isn't isn't the whole thing of D23 is that we get announcements that no one knew? Like, why would you be like, well, there's going to be one secret, but the rest is all just going to be stuff we're going to rehash. Right. Exactly. Well, and, and the secret was blown on Thursday. They announced it on Thursday. And then... They announced it on Saturday again. It just, it, I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Um, it just doesn't really seem very special. It sort of seems like Disney uh, had something really cool with D23 with the announcements and whatever, and then the marketing machine kind of kicked in, and they go, whoa, 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 wait. We could really get – we could extend the press coverage of this out if we just feed everybody little bits and pieces. And, and so they're kind of just eating their own foot <laughs> and just kind of cannibalizing their own product again. And now it just D23 just kind of seems I don't know, like a bunch of news that like you said you've already heard. Yeah, it it felt it felt a bit redundant and then the stuff that we did find out felt like meh. we are uh, we knew about the exciting stuff, this other stuff, I don't know. I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't that as uh, that excited. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Another thing, um, and I wouldn't say I'm really excited about this because I'm not really a parades guy, but it's for Disneyland, and I feel like I have to at least talk about it. There's a brand new parade coming to Disneyland, the best park ever, if you know what I'm trying to say, and it's called Magic Happens. Magic happens everywhere but wherever they're coming up with the titles for these things. <laughs> yeah, it is very – we were talking before the show, and Jeremy's like, it's more – it's like that Got Milk campaign. It's like if, if a company used Got Milk. XYZ or whatever, you know, now, like got DCA. That would be, it's, it's sort of the equivalent. It is very old kind of marketing. Um, Mickey, Sorcerer Mickey is in a new robe and it looks very colorful and, and but sort of uh, galactical, if you, if, if you get my meaning. It's like swirly. I don't know. It looks really cool. It also really resembles the carpet in a casino on the strip in vegas it's very it funfetti like it uh, it's very weird i don't like it it's what if i were to picture what your bathrobe looks like that's, <laughs> that's it um bro i would sell this entire network for a bathrobe that looked like this that's i would trade it in <laughs> Is how much is this network worth? A bathrobe. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever. Um, let's see. Here's a little bit about this daytime spectacular. It'll feature stunning floats, beautiful costumes, and beloved Disney characters, all led by Mickey Mouse and his pals. Moana will be there, and she'll be in her canoe, and she'll be journeying forth on the crest of a beautiful wave, inspired by beautiful koa wood carvings inset with LED panels, providing a dazzling glimpse into the magic the ocean holds. You'll have Miguel there from Coco strumming his guitar and talking about uh, the land of the living and the land of the dead. So that'll be real uh, fun and not depressing at all. The grand finale of Magic Happens Parade celebrates magical moments from classic Disney stories, of course, including the trio of fairies from Sleeping Beauty who transformed Princess Aurora's gown from pink to blue 
and back again. And there'll be tons more floats and characters, an energetic musical score, which I feel is sort of redundant for a parade, but, um, you know, whatever. So there you go. Disneyland, we're getting a new parade. Some of the float uh, concept art looks, I don't know, man, honestly, like I said, I'm not a parade guy, but it sort of looks overthought out. I'm trying to jam a bunch of stuff in there, but hey, I'll, I will leave the judgment to somebody who understands parades a little more than I do. Yeah, it'll be interesting. The concept art, like you said before, it never is quite accurate to what we get in real life. Um, it, this yeah. parade replaces Mickey's Sensational Parade, which was definitely could be described as energetic. Sensational. Uh, it opens right. uh, spring of 2020. Okay. So it's coming soon here. To Disneyland. Another thing I wanted to talk about because it's Disneyland, of course, and we are getting a new ride in Toontown, Mickey's uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway Dark Ride, which I know is opening in Walt Disney World here soon, I think. Uh, but it will eventually scoot on over to Toontown, I think, in 2022. Yeah, 2022. And it will be uh, in Toontown at the El Capitoon Theater. So what you're going to be doing when you're in line for that is you're going to be forced to watch a new Mickey and Minnie short called The Perfect Picnic. I don't know how many times that'll play while you're in line waiting <laughs> to board this <laughs> to board this railway, but I can only imagine you're going to be beaten over the head uh with the new Mickey and Minnie um Short. It is a trackless dark ride. Visitors will board a train headed for a picnic with Mickey, Minnie, and their dog, Pluto. Naturally, like any Mickey Mouse cartoon, things go quickly awry. The ride travels through a carnival, a twister, a waterfall, a big city, a factory, and a stampede of bulls, of course. And apparently the trackless train cars split apart and they reconnect along the way. So it sounds very intricate. And uh, pretty cool, actually. I'm, I'm pretty excited about it. We'll wait to see the reviews when it opens in Disney World in Hollywood Studios. When is that? Soon. Next next year, 2020. In Hollywood That's right. Studios, I yeah. can't believe it's going to take three years to build that thing out there. Well, it, I mean, it sort of makes sense because it's it's a very unique ride. I mean, the, the, the trackless system is kind of already in place with the Luigi's whatever it is now. Um, but to re, to break apart and then reconnect in the middle of the ride and keep going, uh, it sounds pretty complicated. But uh, hopefully it's not as complicated as like Rise of the Resistance in Star Wars land. It's just going to delay and delay and delay the thing. Right. Speaking of Star Wars. And speaking of things that sound expensive, uh, one of the two stories I really wanted to talk about in depth is Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser, the Star Wars-themed hotel experience coming to Walt Disney World, was possibly the most anticipated announcement of D23, aside from the aforementioned super-secret project that sort of left everyone going, huh? As a Star Wars fan, it seems really cool. You arrive in a special launch pod during check-in, and you blast off into space eventually docking at the main hotel, which is a star cruiser called the Halcyon. Once you arrive, your adventure begins. Feel free to relax and watch the stars go by. The All the windows and all this whole place are going to have screens where you're going to be in space. You can see what's happening out of any window, and that sounds really, sounds really cool. You can also explore the ship looking for adventure or meet up with various aliens and heroes on the ship. You can advance your lightsaber training. Or visit the deck and learn all about piloting and defense of your star cruiser, just in case those skills are needed. Spoiler alert, 
they're probably going to be needed. <laughs> Whatever you choose plays into your story somehow, and obviously Disney isn't telling us those parts just yet. A few spaces on the ship uh, have been announced and talked about, but not many details to go with it, like the atrium, which sounds like, and from the concept art, it's just a general open space, like a lobby, for you to hang out with your fellow shipmates. Or the Silver Sea Lounge, a warm and inviting retreat for everyone. So it's a family-friendly katina type thing, I guess. I don't really know. Or the engineering room, which from the artwork released looks like it's a place for kids to run around and explore, like a treehouse play area kind of vibe to it. When the hotel was first announced, we were wondering on the show how they will keep everyone's experiences and storylines congruent. Well, it turns out that your stay on the Halcyon is a set time of two nights. That's it, which makes the experience more like a cruise than anything because you board and you leave with the same group of people. And because oh. of this, yeah, and because of the set trip days, part of your journey includes a stop on Batu in order to visit Black Rock Spire, which for me is very uninteresting. <laughs> I've already been to Black Rock Spire. I don't care about ever going back. So I don't know why I don't know why I would want to be a part of this. You know, if you can opt out, I don't know. Uh, I can only imagine that by the time the hotel opens, Star Wars Land will have the story elements added that we were promised when it was announced. Things like droids roaming around, aliens interacting with you, all that stuff. But it's so adding Batu in your forced vacation, which is what it is. It's a forced vacation. That to me kind of ruins it. I think the concept is great. It's very you know, heady as far as all the things you could possibly do and spending a bunch of time, but you're also spending a bunch of time in a building with no windows that you can look out. You're like in a box for two days, unless you, until you go to Batu and then you come back and then you're playing. You see what I'm saying? It doesn't really feel like a vacation. It feels like, it sounds like it's work. Uh, yeah, I want to change – when I'm on vacation, I want to be able to do what I want on a whim. You know, if this isn't working out, this kid's not feeling well, you know, because I have so many kids. You know, you've got to <laughs> you be able to bob and weave and change your plans. And the fact that the windows are screens, like can you can you change that and say open and actually look out at a tree? I don't think so. I would imagine I, not because because they want you to be immersive. It's sort of like an escape room, but like a two-day escape room. I don't know. I, don't I think th- it's a big time commitment, and like, I th- they I think they I, I'm no expert in this, but I think they should approach with caution because they might be overestimating people's desire to do this much. I mean, yes. we've already seen this summer where Star Wars Galaxy's Edge was kind of a lackluster success. Yeah, and now you're talking about putting people away in a windowless building for two days because they love Star Wars so much. I'm not <laughs> sure. <laughs> two nights, even two. Two nights. I'm not right. convinced. This is rough. Yeah, it seems super rough. It, it, it I, I agree. It's very um, sort of brash of them to to assume that this is the content that Star Wars fans want to be a part of. There are aspects of it that sound cool. But what kind of storyline needs two nights to unfold or to be made a part of? Like, you know, choose your own adventure books, which is essentially is what this is. They had three, four hundred pages with not many options because every path that you take has to, you, you know, has to be scripted out. How are you going to 
make that many paths for people. And you see what I mean? Is the content going to be engaging? So if I go to the engineering room, which the, in the announcement it says, like, you can go in there and, like, explore around and, and figure out, uh, you know, maybe you'll find an adventure in there. Well, what is that going to be? Is it going to take me – is it going to keep my attention from the rest of Disney World? I don't know. I don't think so. I, I, I feel like I'd be sitting there going, God, I could really be in Pandora right now. But, no, here I'm listening to Chewie going – Right. I also just feel like even after two days at Disneyland, I'm kind of like, all right, I get it. I got to get moving here. <laughs> that's, right. that's an entire theme park that I love. So right. Star Wars. And then you're also hoping that every person in this family is as much of a fa- is equally as much of a family. Like you're going to have one kid who's like, can we get out of here? I'm so sick of this. I don't <laughs> like this. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be the kid because the dads are going to be the one pushing this on the kids. It just it, it just is going to happen. That's my generation of Star Wars fan dads. I'm going to be pushing it. Uh, on my kid as much as possible. Well, no, not really. But it, there, I think there is going to be a lot of the element where you're, you're going to get the 12 or 13-year-old pushing back. I'm like, dude, I want to go. I don't understand. Plus, so there's no pricing announced. There is a, a certain website that will remain nameless who has announced pricing before the hotel's even been built, of course, because they're magical and they know everything about what, what goes on in the whole entire universe. Um, but I can't imagine it's going to be cheap it's two nights in a very nice hotel with all of this other stuff happening. You have to pay all these extra cast members in costumes and do all the stuff that normally wouldn't be there, plus your normal hotel staff stuff. It's going to be expensive. It, I mean, it's got to be a couple grand. It's got to be. For two nights, I also wonder if it includes entry to Hollywood Studios only for Batu. Or how does the ticketing work with with uh, entry to the park and that kind of stuff? All the stuff we have no idea of, and I don't think Disney does either, to be honest. Yeah, I, I'm. I know. I am certain about one thing. I will never stay at this hotel. I will literally never stay at this hotel <laughs> because it's not worth it to me. Because I mean, you think about think about this. The Disneyland hotel is usually like on average three fifty four hundred dollars a night. That's for a hotel next to Disneyland. Right. It's not an immersive experience. That's not even for a particularly good room view. I mean, maybe if you're lucky, you get a view of the pool and that's it. This is going to have immersive storylines, screens to blast you off into space, all of this kind of stuff. You're not going to pay six or eight hundred dollars for this. The Grand Floridian's like five fifty. $600. $600. That's not sure. an immersive experience. Double that per night, maybe you're getting there. Yeah, so I think this is rough. Yeah, it's definitely not a stretch to assume this is going to be this is going to be easily a grand or more. I'm not going to spend a grand on top of going to Disney World than buying attendance into the park. I'm not I don't know, that's just I don't have that kind of money. Well, we'll see what happens with this. It seems a little hubristic on Disney's part there for me. There we go. There we are. Uh, okay, here's my last uh story here, Jeremy. And I know we usually trade off, but I feel like the I don't know. I feel like complaining. Well, you just keep going. <laughs> Thanks, man. Uh replacing the functional Yet underused Bugs Land in DCA, Marvel Land was fleshed out as well this last weekend, introduced as a training campus for new superheroes, a laboratory for innovative hero technology, and a forum for inspiring ideas on how to safeguard Earth. In fact, campus is the actual like name of the building, and it stands for 
centralized assembly mobilized to prepare, unite, and safeguard, which is very cool and not at all forced and clumsy. <laughs> we were introduced to a new Avengers e-ticket ride on D23 that takes guests to the land of Wakanda to join forces with Marvel superheroes to do battle against giant insects. Of course, this is about where all the details end, but Disney did say this is not a roller coaster. So we are looking forward to more details on what is sure to be an innovative ride system. Imagineering also had an interactive digital wall called My Jarvis Home Artificial Intelligence System, which again, very clumsy, <laughs> very uh, clever, and not at all clumsy or difficult to say. Where guests could uh, get a better look at schematics of the Quinjet and Iron Man suit by using their hands to move objects, much the same way Tony Stark does in the Iron Man films. So we can only assume this wall type technology will be somewhere in Marvel Land, though I don't think that's really been announced. Uh, despite the lack of Spider Man films for the foreseeable future, the new Spider Man ride seems to be pretty amazing. No pun intended. I'm sure Jeremy doesn't understand that one at all. No clue what you're talking about. Uh, the Amazing Spider-Man is the name of the comic. Uh, <clears throat> uh, guests will use web shooters to do battle with Spidey against small robotic invaders. The spider-like assembly droids find materials, deconstruct them, and build new gear from the parts. The multi-tool legs on the Spider-Bots include a, a plasma cutter, circular saw, a screwdriver, and a welder. So... Imagining, ex extrapolating from that, these droids are probably going to be building a lot of cool stuff, and you're going to have to use your web shooters to disable them. Uh, the ride sort of looks like Toy Story Midway Mania, where you aim and shoot your projectiles, uh, and those have effect uh, on what happens on screen. But in this new ride, instead of a gun, it looks like you use hand gestures to shoot webs. You know, the classic uh, two fingers in your palm kind of web. Do you know what I'm talking about? Spider-Man web shooter pose. I do know what that is, okay. actually. There we go. So that'll be fun. That'll be really neat to, you know, technology. I'm imagining you don't have anything on your arm because that would be disgusting. <laughs> so <laughs> in order to uh, – and they have the technology for like the, the Wii or the Xbox or whatever right. where you can move and it'll pick up your motion. So I imagine that'll be in there somewhere too. For you Doctor Strange fans, which I don't like a lot of stuff, but I like Doctor Strange. I thought that was a really good movie. Uh, you'll get a stage show. Involving special effects and projections to replicate the cool magics of Doctor Strange. It's called the Doctor Strange Mystic Arts Show and will take place in the ruined remains of the crumbling sanctum, which is normally hidden from us mere mortals. But Doctor Strange has a spell, luckily, to reveal the ruins just for us so he can teach us, the audience, how to harness energy from other dimensions, bend the laws of time and space, and unravel the mysteries of the multiverse. So that's okay. exciting. Yeah. Uh, finally... There's the Pym Test Kitchen. This is Ant-Man stuff. This one has been a thorn in my side for months, ever since the first concept art was released with a giant soda can on top of the building. And you guys may have heard me rant and rave about it on some of the other shows, or maybe you've seen the concept or even seen some of these articles that would zoom in on the concept art and trying to figure out what each thing is, which I get. You're excited about it. That's fine. Uh, but our, why is this a thorn in your side? Well, I will tell you. Our favorite uh, target for uh, throwing objects, the uh, TMNT site or whatever it's called, announced that this new Ant-Man-themed restaurant will be an actual functioning microbrewery. Oh. This, remember that? you remember this? 
This is this is familiar. Yes. Despite the lack of permits or details in the concept art at all, this blatant lie was circulated around the internet, much to my dismay. On one of the Ears Up shows, I broke down what it would actually take to operate a functional brewery at Disneyland, and there was no evidence of any of this groundwork being started at all. Well, I hate to say I told you so, but Pim Test Kitchen is not a brewery. It's a quick-service restaurant that will serve food that has been shrunken or expanded using the advanced PIM tech you see in Ant-Man. So I'm just going to say that I was correct. It was never going to be a microbrewery. I don't even know how that dude on the WMTFT thing site came up with that it was going to be a microbrewery. There's no concept art for a brewery. There were no permits filed for a brewery. There, you have to have a lot of infrastructure regionally and within the building itself to make a brewery. You're not to mention the waste material that happens in a brewery, which is a lot of waste material. It, it, it just you would have seen the footprints of this online already probably a year ago. It takes a long time to open a brewery. It's, well, you've got all the the what is it yeast and then the excess right and the mulch <laughs> and all stuff that happens. Yes, the mulch. Uh, it's called uh, the mash. Mash. Yeah. Yes. So you, you take, don't put it around your shrubs. Uh, well, you can, but oh, yes, well, you're you right. Do that. Yeah, you can mulch it. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of grain, a lot of spent grain, and usually it's taken. You know, the farmers come and, and will pick it up, or you have to throw it out or whatever. And it's just it's a lot of effort. And a lot of extra layers in disposing of all this stuff, not to mention the wastewater. It, takes, it actually takes a lot of water to make beer because you're cleaning tanks constantly, and it's, cleanliness is very, very important. So it's a big drain on the local uh, like sewage system. Uh, it's all sorts of permitting nonsense that you have to deal with. None of that has been filed, much less approved. So the fact that these people on that website just literally made this up, they saw a can on the building and go microbrewery that's it and then they say oh this is definitely what it is it's like uh it's the same people who confirm well you'll we'll talk about it in the epcot version of what uh you're gonna mention i imagine right i think so but do you think that there's any chance that someone on the inside is deliberately setting traps for this guy well, I know Give him false info to report and then he looks like you know he's caught with his pants down i know for a fact that happens because of people that I've spoken with who are cast members who are, you know, not just like, you know, ride ops, not that there's anything wrong being a ride op, but, um, you know, upper level, you know, people, um, they've deliberately told me that they've been fed information that's false. And I don't know if it's because that they have a connection with, they're known to have a connection with a podcast. And so they're trying to like ferret out the, uh, the weak links, but, I had a friend um, who was working on a project. Someone else fed him misinformation about the project he was working on because the guy didn't know the, that my friend was working on that project. <laughs> so he knew it was like totally fake. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, being, I'm being fed misinformation to see if it gets out. So it definitely happens. And I think it still happens. Um, so potentially, I think more of what it is is this guy makes money on – uh, like ads, Google ads and stuff on his website. Yeah. So he just wants clicks. He it, 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 it's it's that he's counting on 
the short-term memory of his audience to not understand that he's actually just making stuff up. And when things that he claims are going to happen don't happen, he says, well, it's all too early to tell and things just change. But I was right. And there's never there's never any proof of ownership on that idea. There's never any any uh, recompense or or maybe it's, I don't even know if that's a word. Uh, there's no uh, backlash on that because there's no proof that he's actually lying. But I think he's just trying to get clicks. He's making money. He's making money and making money. And uh, I just think that's really really rude. I think it's really rude for the fandom, and I'm really disappointed anytime link and somebody links to one of his articles or whatever. It's just it's just disappointing. Well, you are right about one thing. Oh, only one man. Yeah, we well, spoke good. for a while, but I did find one thing you're correct about. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's a lot of ads on that site. Yeah, yeah. It like crashes my browser. He I mean, ma- maybe I just need a, ba- a better computer. He's making he's making money. I mean, he's gone. Yeah. You've sent me links. He's gone on Twitter and literally bragged about how much money he makes. So he's mm-hmm. making money off of literally lying. So that's what he does. And he'll put stuff out so far out that you won't remember it after a month or two. You're not going to remember that he claimed there's a microbrewery going in. But I do because I'm also in sort of a beer beer industry adjacent. So I remember that stuff because I know it's never going to happen. And I looked into it. Nobody else is really going to look into it. So You're not adjacent. You're adjacent. Oh, Jiminy Crit. You know what? <laughs> Those are my stories. I look forward to hearing your stories. Please continue. <laughs> well, let's head over to the East Coast because a new pavilion has been announced for Epcot. Ooh, I'm excited about that. Let me guess. Is it the Brazilian Pavilion? <laughs> no. So you're going to have to get your wax somewhere else. Damn. Uh, well, that's a good point you bring up because we were just discussing that uh, certain someone had was giving uh, leaked information that was fake very <laughs> far out so that people wouldn't know. But uh, to be honest with you, um, that website tweeted out, I think, on Thursday with 100% certainty that a Brazil pavilion would be announced on Sunday during the Parks and Resorts panel. Of course, Sunday at D23 came and went, and there's no Brazil pavilion <laughs> announced. Did they ever say anything? Did they ever mention it, that, that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle site? Did they ever, like, get called out for it on Twitter or, or backpedal oh, yes. at all? Okay. People held them. Uh, people were just retweeting it with "lol." This, <laughs> this aged well, you know, all the usual Twitter. Yeah. Twitter memes. Did they respond? I was not able to find where they have uh, acknowledged it at all. See, that's that's kind of what I was saying in my rant before, and I'm just going to co-opt your rant for my sequel to my rant. But it doesn't. It, it, he's just counting on people forgetting about it. So by the end of the week, no one will remember. So if you don't mention it, then no one's going to remember that you mentioned it. The more you mention it, the more you bring up the fact that you said something that was not true. He doesn't care. The guy's just making stuff up. I mean, the right. the, the the bears, uh, country bears are going to go away. The tiki room is going to go. Come on. Small world is going away. Get out of here, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Continue, please. Well, nevertheless, a new pavilion is coming to Epcot. Uh, this pavilion will actually sit in what we currently call Future World, but in the future it will be called World Celebration. Um, and this pavilion 
will be the perfect place, according to Disney, for live events. And it will be the home base for Epcot's festivals. So if you've been to Epcot, you know there's the Spring Epcot International Flower and Garden Festival, the Food and Wine Festival, and the Festival of the Arts. And they usually have their home base, the Festival Center, over in what used to be the Wonders of Life Pavilion. That is getting changed into the new Play Pavilion. So they need a new spot. So they're building a brand new one. It will also provide a stunning elevated view of the entire park and an ideal spot to take in a viewing of Epcot's new Nighttime Spectacular, which we're going to talk about in a little while. Oh, we can't wait. Because I'm not very happy about it. <laughs> this, uh, it will have one of the most remarkable architectural designs at any Disney park. And I will say, if you look at the concept art, um, there's a winding staircase. And if you know anything about the history of Epcot and you look at that winding staircase, you are immediately going to see the entrance to the World of Motion, which closed, of course, in 1996. Um, it will feature a plaza level, a middle expo level, and a park that sits in the sky on the top level, like the uh, uh, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon, I suppose. <laughs> so um, get ready for that oh i can't wait i did see the concept art for it and it looked cool mainly because there's shade <laughs> you can walk underneath yeah. and get out of the sun and i uh, applaud any mode that is shade mode you are nothing if not consistent in your desire for <laughs> shade and craft beer that is true um Another little bit of news, as I kind of alluded to in the previous story, is the reconstruction of Future World. Yeah. So Future World, as we know it, goes away, and it will be divided up into three sections. So if you're walking into the park and you go to your right-hand side, where currently sits living uh, the Land Pavilion, the Seas with Nemo and Friends, and the Imagination Pavilion, that will be called World Nature, and it will be dedicated to understanding and preserving the beauty and balance of the natural world, Um, and a new attraction called Journey of Water, inspired by Moana. I heard about that, and it seems very... I mean, there, there weren't a whole lot of details, but it's like living water, and it moves via fountains around, and it, I don't know. I don't understand Epcot too much. I apologize if I'm totally interrupting your thing i mean i am but whatever um i just i so epcot's really a lot about education and and sort of environmental stuff right for lack of a <laughs> lack of a concise term yeah uh, yes okay yeah. it celebrates the achievements community and possibilities of humanity and i i think that Walt Disney World and Epcot in general is sort of more like ethereal as far as as a, as a concept, and it's more, um, I want to say '60s, and I don't know why. Maybe that's the concept. I don't know. But it, it, you know, in the in the uh, love mankind, let's see where we can go. Technology for good, and all that kind of fun stuff. Where like Disneyland and, and DCA, we don't have that. Those concepts were like fantasy. What's not real <laughs> that we can look forward to <laughs> and overexploit? But it, so for me, some of these announcements that are coming out about Epcot, they don't. They, they seem incongruent with what I know as a Disney theme park. Right. It's it's edutainment. It's and, ed, it's edutainment is what it is. Well and when uh, when when Epcot was was conceived with the theme park, it was conceived to be not like any theme park in the world. It was yeah. supposed to be different and it, and it, for a long time it has been. Um Would you say and, they're they're getting back to that with these new announcements? Now, I th- 
now I'm I think you. a lot has yet to be seen about what this really ultimately becomes because it's been straying from that vision for a long time. Ah. Um, I think they're trying to redefine that without losing, you know, I think they're kind of trying to keep the heritage, but also bring it along and it is going to become more like every other theme park. I'll, that, that is, that is happening. Okay. Um, and they're they're using it as a vehicle for their IP because you know they don't have any other parks to do that in. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, so uh, the middle section, which used to be, which is known right now as Interventions East and West, and is the Esplanade that takes you from Spaceship Earth up to World Showcase, and also used to house Communicore. Um, this will become World Celebration. Will offer new experiences that connect us to one another and the world around us. Centered by, of course, the iconic spaceship Earth. This will remain a voyage through time as the journey transforms to reflect the power of storytelling to unite the human experience. So until now, it talked about communication and um, technology. But now we talk about um, storytelling throughout history, which I actually think seems like communication. So I'm so far on board with that one. And then as we go to the left as you're walking in, you have World Discovery, which will be about science, technology, and intergalactic adventure. And this really is no surprise. I mean, if you look at Epcot, um, if you go to the right in the in the land where we're talking about nature, yeah, all of the uh, geography, it's very soft corners. There's a lot of water features. It's all it feels very natural. The trees are growing up through the land. It's about the focus is the oceans. World of Discovery on the other side is is always been technology and the universe of energy, mission space, horizons, world of motion, test tracks. So it's not going too far away from those original themes and how it was originally constructed. They're just calling it uh, by new nomenclature. Okay, so that's. That's a little bit uh, in the reconstruction of future world. Awesome. Um, but let's go a little deeper here. Let's go. Let's go in depth, Jeremy. Now, par- part of my problem with this whole thing, and we talked about it before, was I think the biggest news coming from D23 is how much news there wasn't. So, Ooh. you know, we've got – let's list a few announcements we got. Okay. New Spaceship Earth. We knew about it. Um, coming to Epcot, <laughs> we have Wonders China. We knew about it. Canada movie. We knew about it. Awesome planet in the land. We knew about it. Beauty and the Beast sing along. We knew about it. Really? Um, I just think that there's so much that we already knew. And then they either gave us one or two more details or they gave us new stuff that was really scant on detail. Right. So what are you saying? That it's just D23 has kind of lost its point? Well... Yeah, I'm just annoyed. I'm annoyed that people spent a lot of money and slept on concrete overnight to hear news we already knew. And I, <laughs> I, I would imagine that there are a lot of disappointed fans out there. But one of the biggest things that we – it wasn't huge news from D23, but we, we learned a bit more was about all the new nighttime spectaculars coming to Epcot. Hmm. So, for example, in November 2018 – now, everything I'm about to tell you is actually not from D23, this event. It's from the Destination D event, but they're calling it news from this event. November 2018 <laughs> – D23's Destination D event, the chairman of Disney Parks, Experiences, and Consumer Products, Bob Chapek, announced details on two new nighttime spectaculars that would follow the end of illuminations, reflections of Earth. (laughs) 
Epcot Forever will debut this fall on October 1st, the park's 37th anniversary, and will feature classic Epcot music, music celebrating the park's history and will incorporate pyrotechnics, music, lighting, lasers, and other special effects. But what we did get from G23 was a little snippet of what that might sound like. Jason, would you play Epcot Forever for me? I would love to. Here it comes. feel moved i do i feel very moved and very excited and uh very contemplative so that's epcot forever it's believed to be a necessary interim show in between illuminations and the next show because of the amount of physical work the world showcase lagoon will require that would otherwise prevent illuminations from continuing to perform each night with full effect if it went all the way up to the new new nighttime spectacular so they're giving us this little interim uh uh, nighttime spectacular Epcot Forever. I love that music. That's Tomorrow's Child, of course, which is from the 1986 version of Spaceship Earth, narrated by Walter Cronkite. Of course, and um, you know, so I think I think that's a nice hat tip to all of us true Epcot fans before they rip it all out. We were also told in 2018 of a new nighttime spectacular again. This is in 2018. Debuting in 2020, a brand new show will debut celebrating how Disney music inspires people around the world. The show will feature massive floating set pieces, custom-built LED panels, moving lights, moving fountains, pyrotechnics, and lasers. Which so we knew. Sorry, go ahead. We knew all about that from 2018, but here's what we found out on Sunday. Okay. It's going to be called Harmonious. <laughs> That's it. Thanks for coming. Harmonious. It is going to be, yes, the U.S. at the end is capitalized. Which the U.S. in every word should be capitalized, to be honest with you, because it's the greatest nation (laughs) in the world. Um, I think that it's very bold of Disney to celebrate their own inspirational force, right? So it, it sounds like it's a celebration based on how much they inspire other people. <laughs> it, it really is. It's, it's, a, um, it's a big back-slapping um, show of force, essentially. Like, uh, that, I don't like that. That seems too, too corporate and too, like, grimy. I don't know. That, that, that seems like something that if someone was to make a futuristic movie about how, how uh, marketing sort of took over let's say, um, idiocracy. This would be a perfect thing for an idiocracy movie where it's, it's uh, you know, uh, corporations explaining how good they are and celebrating the fact that people are inspired by the things that they say they should be inspired by. I'm glad you said this. Thank You're you. absolutely right. We have gone and done a 180. We went from celebrating the people and what the countries have contributed to all of us. You're right. And now we're celebrating what Disney has done for these countries. <laughs> right. it's, ask not what uh, your country has done for you. Ask what Disney's done for your country. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, 
I will say I, I like the idea. So it, they did give us a little bit more color. They said it will celebrate carrying you away harmoniously on a stream of familiar Disney tunes reinterpreted by a diverse group of artists from around the globe. Ooh. So I'm, I'm happy that, uh, that we're going to take a trip around the world. Um, mm-hmm. And I always love a, like a reinterpreted song. I love to take a song and hear a cover. I love to hear other takes on things. So that kind of excites me. And I hope that it's not only Disney music. I hope that we hear wonderful music that takes us a tr- on a trip around World Showcase. Because actually that would be very much like what the original Illuminations did when it came out in 88. Uh, okay. All right. But in case you want a little teaser of what Harmonious will sound like, we have that. Would you please play it? I would love to. Sort of sounds like the credits at the end of a like a some sort of drama. It doesn't sound I don't know. Doesn't sound interesting. It sounds like filler music. It does. Uh, it's not a theme that I walk away humming. Um, I'm glad that it's an, <laughs> I'm glad that it's an original theme. Um, you know, honestly, they could placate me if they just called it Illuminations United Harmonies, and I would be like, all right, I'm on board. Yeah. It takes very little to keep me happy, honestly. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's evidenced by your your massive uh, movie collection. <laughs> Just give I me watched a... Apollo 13 on the plane yesterday. Oh it's so good, God. I cried. <laughs> give me a redhead on a door in the middle of the ocean, and I'm set for life. <laughs> <laughs> if it's two tapes, I'm in. <laughs> JFK, Titanic, and Revenge of the Nerds Part 1 and 2. Let's go. That's right. Also tapes, not discs. That's right. Of course. (laughs) Well, new nighttime spectaculars are not the only thing coming to Epcot. I'm sure you're excited for more. There are changes, big changes coming to World Showcase. Oh, I like that. Let's start over in China. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. No, go ahead. It's fine. <laughs> not interested in yeah. China tonight. Sorry. I like my human rights. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's not start in Hong Kong. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I read this a little bit about the, you know, they're expanding the China Pavilion. Or wouldn't, spoiler alert for Jeremy's story. I apologize. But um, I just, I don't know. I, it kind of creeps me out with this sort of like, uh, we're just expanding all this China stuff. And, you know, meanwhile... Um, they are just not very very good to people, <laughs> to say the right. least. And it just seems very scummy. I don't know. I mean, their culture is great. The Chinese culture is great. They have a huge history, of course, a giant impact on society and the world in general. But um, lately, man. Ooh. Well, you know, it's interesting, too, because when you watch the American Adventure show, it uh, obviously it celebrates America, but it owns up to a lot of, of the darker pieces of America's past. Oh, so you know, um, there's a segment devoted to obviously the 
uh, what happened to the Native Americans and um, there, it talks about slavery. So it, it, it references those things. But when you go okay. to the China Pavilion, you, wouldn't, <laughs> you don't hear any of that. No, of course not. You know? Why would you? Germany. Well, there's no show in Germany, so there's nothing to even talk about there. Um, <laughs> the China Pavilion will welcome its third film feature since the pavilion opened in 1982, Wondrous China, not to be confused with the first film that opened in the theater, Wonders of China. Oh. Will take guests on a journey across China in, a, in the circular theater. The new version will feature a revolutionary new seamless 360-degree oh. screen. Previous technology and circle vision relied on nine separate video screens, each separated by projectors. Wondrous China replaces Reflections of China, which has been running in the theater since 2003. So a new movie coming to China with no, no dividers. I like that. In the Canada Pavilion, their circle vision theater will receive a new show, the Pavilion's third, Canada Far and Wide, which replaces the current version, O Canada. O Canada has grown running under that title since the park's opening, but received an update featuring Canadian Martin Short as the host in 2007 following a seven-year campaign by the Canadian Tourism Commission due to a stream of complaints over the dated representation of the country <laughs> that sits to our north. Okay. Um, unlike <laughs> China, though, Canada keeps its old circle, circle vision technology and will still be shown on nine separate screens. <laughs> Okay, the uh, apparently the the trapping history of French Canada is not as important as the imprisonment of our fellow. I don't know, whatever. I'll right? Stop. Yeah. Well, the biggest news, and well, this is actually news because the other things that can the two movies <laughs> I just talked about we've known about for some time. I can't believe that. By the way, I, I just it's it's hard to believe. I mean, this is why I'm so happy I didn't buy a ticket to this event. Um, we already knew about the other two. This is what's headed for the United Kingdom Pavilion. Okay, here we go. The, the UK Pavilion, which opened with the park in 1982, like many of its neighbors, lacks an attraction apart from live music, shopping, and dining. Well, the wind is about to change as oh. a new attraction around Mary Poppins will land in the pavilion. Ooh. Details from D23 were thin, but concept art shows guests enjoying a stroll down a real-life cherry tree lane, complete with Admiral Boom's rooftop ship. According to Disney Parks blog, guests will literally en enter number 17 cherry tree lane, the home of the Banks family, where their adventure will begin. Oh. It is expected, or well, it is uh, ass assumed by the Disney Twitter community that this will lead to a dark ride, but details, as I said, are scant at this time. A uh, question for you, Jeremy. Are there rides in the World Showcase? I don't – well, there's there's one in the Mexico Pavilion, I believe, but that's it, right? There's one in the Mexico Pavilion, and there is Frozen Ever After, which is also a boat ride ah. in Norway. Okay, so this wouldn't be out of the realm of reality for them to have a – it wouldn't be the first, like, ride in the World Showcase. No. Okay. No, and in fact – I mean, there were plans to have in Germany. There's plans to have a Rhine River ride. Um, what would that? And be? then there was there were plans in Japan to have a Mount Fuji roller coaster. <laughs> Why? <laughs> of all the th like of all the <laughs> of all the things to celebrate about the Japanese culture, a roller coaster on Mount like we don't have enough mountain roller coaster rides in Disney sphere of influence. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah. 
add one to the range, the Disney Mountain range. Uh, I mean, I would sort of be interested in like a pottery like pavilion where you go and learn how to make vases from the Edo period or something, right? Like just something. Uh, roller coaster. You would rather make vases than go on a roller coaster. <laughs> well, I don't believe that for a second. Okay, well, look, maybe I just made that up. But you know, there's like there's like paint. We go into the ceramics, like uh, I want to say businesses, but whatever companies, yeah. things, right? And you like have a glass of Chardonnay and you paint or whatever. It would be something like that. But you learn how to. Look, it was the first thing that came to my mind, Jeremy. Leave me alone. Put this in the kiln. I'll be back in two weeks. (laughs) No. Well, it doesn't take two weeks to kill a vase from the Edo period. (laughs) You you know more about that than I do, apparently. Maybe. Um, Look, I brought this uh, vase home. (laughs) My name's Jason. That's right. I have a vase. Well, the Mary Poppins attraction in the United Kingdom is not the only thing coming to World Showcase. It will join two new attractions saying bonjour to the France Pavilion. Hmm. Remy's Ratatouille Adventure, a trackless ride already in operation at Disneyland Paris' Disney Studios Park, will shrink guests down to the size of Chef Remy and race through Gusteau's restaurant on a wild adventure opening in 2020. I heard that Ratatouille ride is actually really good. It's pretty good. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, it's trackless. You move all around. It's bi- it's just huge screens, really. Hmm. And I think you might have to wear 3D glasses. I can't remember. Hmm. But, um, yeah, it's good. Um, debuting this January, so only a few months away, the Beauty and the Beast sing-along will join the beloved Impressions de France film in the Pavilions Theater. So fans of the gorgeous Impressions de France film Need not worry. It's not going anywhere, but it will now rotate in and out with the Beauty and the Beast sing-along. Nice. So some change is coming to World Showcase. I'm excited. I have cautious optimism about this new nighttime spectacular. And uh, I just we're going to have to wait and see because we didn't get a ton of details. Yeah, that seems to be, you know, par for the course. Right. I have uh, two things I wanted to talk about. One I knew about and I sort of forgot. The other... Fits in very nicely, dovetails, but it's sort of a new, you know, a new article that came out. So uh, I did want to talk briefly about the Star Wars trailers that dropped at D23. I completely forgot about how important those are to sort of moving the, the Disney machine forward. If you haven't seen, just Google, uh, you know, Rise of... Skywalker is the new uh, Star Wars movie. That trailer is pretty badass. I'm not going to lie. It looks great. Um, And then Google the Mandalorian official trailer. The Mandalorian is a series on Disney Plus that starts streaming November 12th. And I believe that's just a few days before the actual or a few days after Disney Plus goes live. I can't remember the actual date. Um, But it looks the uh, the Mandalorian looks amazing. That trailer has me ready to plunk down my money for Disney Plus. I was kind of going to do it anyway, but I'm very very excited. I wasn't really excited for many things for Disney Plus, but this Mandalorian trailer, man, I, it's got me pretty good. So those are two things to, to Google and check out: the Rise of Skywalker trailer, the Mandalorian trailer. What exactly is a Mandalorian? 
Mand- the Mandalorian. So, uh, okay, I don't know. How, this is sort of like talking to my Greek grandmother who doesn't really fully understand English or any sort of <laughs> cultural reference. So I don't know how far back to go in the the not ethos. But now I'm just making up. Now I'm just bringing is it up a machine? words from my vocab. No. So the okay, you know Boba Fett. Do you know who Boba Fett is? No, I'm not familiar. <laughs> Are you, oh. So I don't know how to explain that to you. Well, thank you. All right, you don't have to. I, I'm kind of over it now, anyway. So <laughs> Boba Fett was—it's like the the famous bounty hunter from Star Wars. Okay, okay. he is like the the classic sort of like bluer helmet with a rocket pack or whatever. Um, it, it, okay, for listeners at home, I'm having a hard time explaining this to Jeremy because I. No, he hasn't seen Star Wars. So I can't just say he's the guy who Darth Vader said no disintegrations to, um, you know, when he was uh, issuing the, the edicts to for the bounty hunter. So it's it's I, I can't say those things because they have no meaning to him. So Man- it's a person. The Mandalorians are a race of people and oh. they're sort of like bounty hunters. And Boba Fett was a bounty hunter. He's a famous bounty hunter within the Star Wars universe. And the the Mandalorian there's really no information about who specifically in the Mandalorian race they're focusing on, but it's similar armor and it's just, he's a bounty hunter and it looks really great. Carl Weathers is in it. When I see the word Mandalorian, all I think of is Michael J. Fox Mm -hmm. taking a car uh, to 1955. Bro, if I had any skills or, or time, I would totally make a parody trailer called The Mandalorian about a man who turns into a DeLorean. <laughs> like, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. Oh, man. And I would watch it. Doc, we need to turn this man back into a car so I can get back to 1985 before I have sex with my mom. It's <laughs> a great synopsis. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, so that's very exciting. They look great. I, I, I have not genuinely been this excited for a Star Wars thing. Probably since my disappointment after the Force Awakens. Here's the and sk- now, yes, Skywalker. This is it, right? We're wrapping it up. This is it. Yes, the Skywalker name will apparently end here. Uh, Ray is battling Kylo Ren, and she has like a double sort of switchblade lightsaber at the very end. It's like a two-second brief little pop at the end that kind of what I love about trailers and what what I think makes a great trailer and and not only that but makes a great editor is the timing of things. You don't want to be left going I feel satisfied. You want to be left feeling or asking yourself how did this happen? What am I going to be seeing going into this movie? So the final like maybe even second and a half, maybe beat and a half, right? Boom is Ray flipping this double-edged lightsaber out, and it's like, and that's it. And it goes boom, and it just jump cut to black. And you're going, oh, my God. Like, she has a hood on. She looks evil. And so you're, 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 you're left uh, watching this trailer thinking of all of the different ways. How did Ray get to this point? Is she really evil? How did she manufacture a lightsaber? Because only a Jedi supposedly can do that. And then not only to manufacture a lightsaber, but a double bladed lightsaber. Like that's, it's pretty geeky stuff. And it's, it it's pretty exciting. And I, I think that 
this is going to be a really good movie based on the trailer, which can be edited any number of ways. All right. Well, what do you think? that sounds great. <laughs> Here's another thing real quick. Um, everybody knows by now that at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge or Star Wars Land, Coca-Cola specifically has uh, done the unthinkable and redesigned their iconic bottles into the shape of thermal detonators. So they're, they're short, they're round, they look vaguely, and actually they don't look anything at all like the thermal detonators from the movies, but that's fine. They just have a little funky top, but they're small and round. Uh, the TSA has apparently banned those Coca-Cola bottles uh, from checked and carry-on luggage on U.S. flights. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. TSA officials confirmed that the souvenir collectible Coke bottles exclusively available in the new Star Wars lands are prohibited on U.S. flights because they look like replica explosives. I'm just going to let that that sink in. No. Dude, if you – okay. So if you Google thermal detonator from Star Wars – how can something look like a replica of something? Doesn't it just look like the thing? Well, so here's so I'm I'm yes. So if you Google thermal detonator and Google images or whatever, it, the thermal detonator is round, but it has just like a ridge on the top. Okay, but the Coke bottles have like the standard soda bottle opening. It's a, a a piece of plastic about an inch and a half tall. So you can unscrew it. It looks nothing like the thermal detonator from Star Wars other than it's round. That's it. The thermal detonators from Star Wars don't have a lid on the top <laughs> that you can unscrew and pour liquid out. It just, it makes no sense. But Well, the- it must have been, it's didn't, they didn't make this up out of anywhere. This must have been stopping, getting stopped. For sure. So uh, TSA spokesperson Jim Gregory, which never trust a man with two first names, says replica items are not allowed on aircraft. The Coca-Cola bottle sold in Galaxy's Edge look like a palm-sized thermal detonator grenade emblazoned with the logo rendering in the Arbish language used throughout the galaxy far, far away. In response to an online inquiry, the official Ask TSA Twitter account replied that the Galaxy's Edge Coke bottles were prohibited on flights because replica and inert explosives are not allowed on either carry-on or checked bags. The Galaxy's Edge Coke bottles could cause confusion for TSA screeners at airport security checkpoints, Gregory said. Uh, That's bad news for Star Wars fans who want to bring home the unique bottles of the real thing as souvenirs from black whatever. Um, (laughs) Get over it. I'm on Jeff Gregory's side. They've got to scan all these bags. We cannot be making their jobs any harder. There are so many planes in the sky. There are so many people going through. We can't be screwing them up with your stupid bottles. Get over it. <laughs> well, sorry. Uh, someone's They've also... already got to deal with these sabers. Well, like people are literally, literally looks like people are about to go to war. You're getting on a plane. <laughs> you don't need swords. You don't need bombs. Stop it. You came from a theme park. Get a balloon and go away. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They permit the lightsabers. So they permit a replica sword, but they won't permit a round soda bottle. With a lid on the top. It does not look like an th- explosive device. It does oh. not. It does not look like a... Sp- so this is somebody who's probably very old, who has no idea what a thermal detonator 
is or what it references other than the word detonator equals explosion equals we can't have a replica explosive device. It doesn't seem like something that was well thought out. This person is just like, no, you can't do this because they don't fully understand what it is. That's my opinion on that. Well, I appreciate it, but you are incorrect, unfortunately. And uh, TSA, I've got your back. (laughs) You just don't like fun. What is fun about a, a dumb Coke bottle? <laughs> I don't I have two of them. So what You I have know? two of these already? Yeah, I got a Coke and a, a Sprite because uh, I don't know why. I don't know why I got a Coke and a Sprite when we were there. It's just uh, I don't really like Coke. I like Sprite more. So I'm like, I had my wallet open. I thought, why not? Let's <laughs> just, <laughs> just go for it. Oh, wait, because you drive... You drive there and back. Yeah, we drive. Right. I Are you sure about this lightsaber thing? I thought that they were – there's something going on. You either have to check them or something – there's an issue with them on the planes, I believe. Uh, well, let's see. I'm Googling it right now. Get Sadly, Jeff Gregory on the line. The technology doesn't currently Jeez. exist to create a real lightsaber. However, you can pack a toy lightsaber in your carry-on or check bag. Hmm. That's direct from the TSA website. All right. Well, you know what? They got enough to do. <laughs> and it's not exactly, it's, you know. But uh, come on, a replica explosive. Now, I, I would be interested if that the round shape with liquid inside is sort of stopping the uh, X-ray machines, and they have their 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 hand checking more bags than usual. That I would understand. But in that case, you can put it in a like a carry your carry on and then they can hand inspect it because to be honest with you Jeremy you, look you travel more than anybody i know how many people in the TSA are actually standing around at any given time far too many exactly. that i want to pay for exactly so you can put the little hand things in your bag little thermal detonators in your bag and then you can pop the top off you don't have to open it but they can see that it's sealed and they can see that it's sprite and it's all the, the, the markings of an actual beverage, and then they can let you pass with it as a carry-on. But as a check bag, I could sort of see, because the x-ray machine, you know, like I said, maybe they're getting too many flags. I don't know. Well, I got stopped this week coming back from L.A. because my travel size gold bond powder looked like cocaine. <laughs> oh, my God. No, you didn't. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> they had to test it. They, are you serious? Yeah, because they you, tested it. You look like a cocaine person, a cocaine. I was very fidgety. <laughs> well, look, you are very happy, so maybe that's something to do that. <laughs> yeah, they had to test it. Yeah, that's incredible. Well, any powder will, um, any powder will show up as a liquid. So if I'm mm. traveling with my gold bond or my citrus cell, it all has to get taken out. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I, I trust me. I don't think that you're kidding. That's but it just it's never happened to me because I well I guess I don't travel with gold bonds so much anymore. But I used to. Never happened. Yeah. Anyway, well, I like to stay dry and regular when I'm on the plane. So. That's right. Yeah, I appreciate that about you. <laughs> well, that's our rundown of D23. Obviously, it's not everything. So do us a favor. Go Google D23 News. Figure out what's important to you. Look at all the stuff that's coming to the Disney parks worldwide. It's not just, you know, the two parks we talked about, but there's stuff in Shanghai, there's stuff in Disney Paris, but it's really just a room design, which is very weird. Uh, but there's a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipe. 
stuff you should be excited for. Um, but like Jeremy said, some of it's not really news. So don't be surprised if you read something. But I, I, I knew that. They paid people to stand there and talk about this stuff that we kind of already knew. Um, you know. But yeah, it look, it looks like a good time. I can't, I, I really I want to go. I want to go. We just got denied uh, press passes. It's tough. I mean, they, people were sleeping outside. They were there were people posting that, pictures at six a.m. elbow to that. elbow, waiting to get into this thing. But they and were they were like, doing that at Star Wars Land, and like it just I don't know. I mean, I guess it's different because it's every other year and it's only for three days. But um, I know they were releasing, uh, you know, the 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 pyramid mugs at Trader Sam's. Yeah. Or not the pyramid, the piranha mug. Piranha. See, you said yeah. You don't even know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> they had special gold ones at D23, but apparently they also had them at Trader Sam's the same weekend. And uh, we had a very lovely listener, uh, Rebecca, buy me one, and I paid her, and she's mailing it to me. I didn't have to wait well, in line. that was nice of her. Yeah, I didn't have to wait in line or anything like that. Just, but I, I, the way I heard it, it was going to be a D23 special release, but they had them at Trader Sam's. So I feel sort of bad for everybody who waited in line to buy one at D23 when you can just pick them up at Trader Sam's the next day. Which, yeah, and they you know they fight each other. My, my issue, I've done a couple. I've done D23. I've done Destination D. And you're sitting there. And the parks are just a tantalizing distance away. And I'm like, I'm sitting here in a room talking about Splash Mountain, and I'd rather be <laughs> over across the street on it. Yeah. So, yeah. You know? I mean, I, I know you can get custom merch, and we didn't even talk about any of the Simpsons stuff or the Nat Geo stuff that was happening or any of the other uh, booths or, or, or stuff that's going. I know our friends at the Van Eaton Gallery were there, and they had a bunch of uh, really rare artwork and you could take pictures with. And So there's definitely interactive stuff to do. It's not just park announcements. That's true. It would be nice maybe by the time it comes around again in, uh, what, 2021 – Maybe we can even have a booth there. I don't know. I know it's like $1,500 to have a booth or more than that. It's huge. It's a huge price tag. But I would love that if, if they would let us in. I don't think that they would, um, mainly because we tell it how it is on this program. But well, I think that they do a, a D23 in Tokyo in the off years. Oh, I'm not going to. I can't go to Tokyo. Dude. Come on. I can't do it. I can't do it. I don't fly well. Plus, we, I don't have the money. You know what I mean? If if hey, if you want to help the show get to Tokyo or to D23, go to patreon.com slash ears up. Subscribe. Join as a Patreon supporter of our show, please. It will help us do some of these events and bring some of these events to you. That will be really great. Thank you very much. All right, Jeremy. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, you had very good stories. Thank you very much. I had a wonderful time, and I love listening to yours. And don't forget to listen to SpectraRadio.us. That's right. Until next time, everybody, take care of each other.